0: Welcome to the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. Listen in as CEO John Maddox of Fund Loans reveals tips, secrets, and origination ideas to fill your pipeline with million dollar opportunities. Welcome to the show. This is the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience. So it seems pretty natural that we're going to talk about a million dollar how to become a millionaire. So I guess there was a what was it John it was a article, article. that came out CNBC mm-hmm. that said that half of millennials believe at some point in their life they're going to be millionaires <laughs> that's pretty optimistic, right? Like since really like the 1% is a small amount of people, but, um, but it's true. I mean, you can become a millionaire if you really want to. And if you really try and you really work hard and, and, and that's something that I think is very achievable for those who want it bad enough. I mean, some people can be happy with just, you know, flip flops a surfboard and a, and a little camper and they don't need to be a millionaire. So I'm not saying like they go out and be a millionaire, but what I am saying is that I became a millionaire at, at age 30. Uh, of course, you know, the crash happened after that and, you know, lost a lot of stuff. But, um, the truth is that you can do it with this method that I did. And I just want to kind of go over that and show people that it is achievable and here's how I did it. You may want to do it differently, but you know, this is one way that you can do it. Um, if you want to be a millionaire, so think about it. And if that's something you want to have, I mean, but what's crazy these days is a million dollars isn't even that much, especially in California. I mean, it doesn't buy you a whole lot, but you know, you could always, you know, get to the millionaire status, sell everything and then go live somewhere, you know, much cheaper, like Nashville, Tennessee, or which is, which is going, uh, going up as well. Um, okay. So the median wealth among millennials in 2016 was lower than, uh, the similar aged cohorts in any year from, two, uh, 1989 to 2007 when the great recession hit. Um, but you know, millennials, they're more educated. They have longer work lives. Uh, they have greater technical technical, technological advances because they were born with the self. i mean, not born, but they were, you know, young when you had, like, (laughs) do you remember not having a day that you didn't take a picture? (laughs) Like me personally? Yes. No. Yeah. But like people nowadays, I mean, they have to take pictures of their, their food and their, you know, selfies and everything like that. So I would say, you know, the technologies is a, is a huge help with, um, distracting. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why the millennials are behind a little bit like my generation and, and things like that, as far as how, how, where they are with their income at the time. And and also I think during the boom, right, there was, mm-hmm. there was a, huge boom in real estate back when I was 30, um, where there was kind of a boom in real estate from 2010, 2012, when it crashed to, you know, um, to now so I mean it's 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 uh it's definitely come up but not as much as when I was doing it so but you know that certainly doesn't mean you know you won't become a millionaire it might just take you more than five years or if you just get a little more aggressive than I did then you might be able to hit it faster so I'll give you a quick example so what I did is when I was 25 years old I bought my first house for 200 grand it was 198 and it was a condo I put five percent down but what I did do, which I recommend you do if you want to do this method, is get your real estate license. It's not that hard. You just got to take a test um, because that will give you back two and a half percent, two to three percent of the total price of the house. So if, for instance, when I put five percent down on my first house at 198, I really only had to put down $10,000, which, and then I got half of that back from being a real estate agent, or at least having my real estate license. I wasn't ever really an agent, but, um, so you do that and that was in, um, that was in 1997. And then from there, what I did is I lived in that house was like my, it was just where I needed to live. So I had two roommates and they paid rent. So my buddy Nate, paid rent in one room and the other um, buddy lived in the loft and he paid rent. So I easily covered my mortgage Mm -hmm. for what I would have paid in rent and I got to own. Um, And so then after living there for about three years, I got married. My wife and I decided we're not going to live in this place anymore. It's, you know, let's move towards the coast. And we kept the place. We rented it out completely and was earning over the amount of in rent of what I had to pay in the mortgage, which was great. So it's a little bit of cash flow there. Then I bought, we found a place by the, by the coast for 529. I said, I need, you know, I need 10% down at least to do this. So I went back, had some money saved just a little bit, but then I went back and did a second mortgage on the house that I did the 5% down on. And I pulled out about 500 and at that point, that property had uh, appreciated to about 350,000. So it'd gone up in three years, it jumped up. And part of this, this strategy is you don't go out and buy like the best house, right? Like I bought a humble three bedroom little condo that was, that was, kind of beat up a little bit. And so we fixed it up, you know, me and my buddies and made it nice, got new carpet, painted and, and turned something that was kind of ugly in a deal into something that was like nicer. And so you kind of got to go out there and you don't buy at the top, the nicest condo in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the whole complex, you just look for the deal, right? You look for the one that's the lower priced, a little bit lower, a little undervalue. And then you try to get that. They say you make your money when you buy, not when you sell. So you got to look for those deals. And so then we did find a, a place by the beach for five twenty nine, which was about five blocks from the ocean, which we were like, this is a steal because it was a little bit run down again, needed work. <clears throat> and I knew, you know, when you're young you can paint and do whatever. You can go on YouTube now and 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 get all kinds of ideas on how to do stuff pretty easily. Do it yourself, right? And so I bought that one at 529, but I'd pulled a second mortgage out on the previous house. So I just got like a HELOC at the mm-hmm. time. Which we now have HELOC so you can do this. Um and was able to put put, put almost $53,000 down on the new place. So I did 10% down, got 3% of that back. So it really was like 7% down. And then um, lived in that house for a few years. It was like, uh, you know, I just stayed it. And so I had a little more equity in that house because um, the appreciation went up fast. We did new tile. We did new, um, we painted the whole house. We completely remodeled the, the, you know, the inside of it, Got mm-hmm. made it look nice. New kitchen tile took out, knocked out like a whole section of the kitchen to make it open, like a lot more open. It was a little dated. Um, and then that house appraised for much more. So after a few years of having that house, we were able to buy a, kind of like our dream house, it was like a stepping stone. So the first house was really cheap, lived there for a little bit with some roommates, second house with the wife, lived there for a little bit, decided, you know, we're gonna have some kids, let's let's get a bigger place, and found our dream house. And at that point, the sellers had already bought their dream house, and so they slashed the price because they were like, we're already closed, we don't wanna have both, you know, both mortgages. So we were able to get that one at a deal, and that one was 1.6 million, and we took a huge leap, but we were making a ton of money because it's the mortgage boom, and I could afford it. But so the second house that we had was by the beach. I was able to rent that one out, cover the mortgage, and then the the new one that we bought was for 1.6, and that one um, I wish I could have not had, I didn't have to rent out the uh, the second one because it was a beach house. It would have been rad to to own both, but you need sometimes you need the cash flow, right? You gotta pay for the mortgage. If you can't afford to, just not. Um, and then the one six, that one appreciated over time. And especially because we did get it a deal, the house next door to us was a model match and that one praised. And then we actually after. So after a few years, five in total, that house appraised for two point two million. And so if you take the total, which was minus the debt that I had on the house, it's about a million in net equity on all three properties. So that's how I did it. I could, you know, we're going to put some numbers up there. John's going to, Johnny's going to put up some numbers so that we can show you exactly what the numbers and the math was to, uh, to get there. But, um, really if you, if you hold on to your money and you hold it into a savings account, it doesn't do anything for you. It's like just wait. It, 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 I mean, yeah, it stays there, but it doesn't appreciate. And if you haven't thought about appreciation, appreciation's huge because if you look at, you know, you always hear from your parents or from someone, you know, that's older like me that might say, you know, do you remember having, uh, when you would go buy ice cream and it was 25 cents and now it's like a two bucks for like thrifty ice cream. Or if you, um, just the prices, prices of different things go up. And that's because inflation it's, it's, it's hundred percent here, even though it's a low lately, but if you look at a 50 year map of housing prices, you'll see, you know, the price down here. And then after 50 years, you're up here, you definitely have a little dip, you know, along the way, but you know, when you get to the, when you keep going, it's, I mean, it's because the, the, the price of uh, commodities and like the dollar, the dollar is definitely, um, Losing value every year, you know, and, and that's unfortunate, obviously, because that's just how our monetary system works. But, um, if, if you have your money sitting in a savings account, you're gonna feel the effect of it like of goods costing more, but your your savings is just sort of staying stagnant. So you're really not, you know the money's actually getting eaten away slowly. Whereas if you have it in a fixed price asset that's that's uh, something that would appreciate. I mean, automobiles aren't good unless you have a classic, right? <laughs> but but like, you know, put your money in in IRAs and things like that and stock market. but if you put it into homes, Generally, especially if you get a deal in the beginning, you work on them, you, you, you improve the, the property yourself, put a little sweat equity into it. You're going to have the value increase. And then that combined with inflation will make you a millionaire. That's how you become a millionaire.
1: Yeah. Well, and I heard too, uh, when I was in high school, my econ teacher said, if your money's not making money, then you're losing money.
0: Right. Because inflation. If your money's not making money, you're losing money. Yeah. That's Right.
1: And then, so how much do you think uh, just doing little renovations added to? The value of the home do you think it added i think you, a ton yeah you like you did a, like a diy you just said
0: hey guys we did i mean we hired someone that i didn't know how to cut tile so yeah, we would we found a deal someone that we knew that did tile and they would do it on the weekends and they would you know there wasn't like you know we'd all, I, one of my rules is i always like to get three bids for everything so you don't you know you don't get screwed over by the one bid that you never knew maybe the one bid's good but check with another one and then make sure that you know the other one's <laughs> good too so right. um Definitely, I would say a lot of the equity was gained by appreciation, but it was enhanced by making the properties nicer because what happens is when an appraiser goes and appraises your house, they'll look at other comparables and they'll see like, for instance, um, whatever that say, they praise the house four doors down. That one was updated. So they give you on your appraisal, they give you a, a credit for having similar property or if yours is updated and theirs is not, you get a, you know, a deduction on the price or a, uh, an improvement. So it's, it's certainly, um, it's certainly a, very helpful if you can, if you can do that, uh, little work, you just little elbow grease, right? Yeah. Sweat equity. Um, but you know, this was just three homes. Like, I mean, if you did in five, in five years, you could do four, five, six, seven. I mean, some people do it, but the key also is getting your license. Cause then you, you have access to see the deals when they come up yourself. You also, um, obviously get the 3% back or two and a half, depending on what the listing agent's going to give you or the, the seller paying rent also. I mean, I, I think there there's a peop, couple people out there saying, don't buy a house yet. Yeah, don't go out and buy your dream house first, but buy like a house that you're willing to, to live in for a little bit and rent. And especially if you're young, especially if you're young, you have roommates and things like that. You can rent out those rooms. And like, let's say you rent it out for 500 bucks a room, maybe more, and then probably a lot more, right? I mean, mine at 200,000 is like 500 bucks was nothing. I mean, that paid, that helped, but, um, you know, because my first thing, my first mortgage payment was like 1,500 a month, something like that. It was crazy. But um, yeah, I mean, like room rents are crazy now. So just go find a condo, do an FHA loan on it if you can, or do, you know, if you're self-employed, do, you know, 10% down with uh, one of our bank statement programs. And this is doable, but it's just, if you don't do it, you'll see house prices slowly go up and you'll be like, damn, I should have done it. But a lot of people don't think they can put down, you know, enough money to get their first house. But you think about it, you got to put down for a deposit when you rent, you got to put some money down. It's not a ton. Maybe it's one or 2% of the price of the house. But eat your license so that's 3% plus the 1 or 2 that you would have to put into a deposit anyway maybe get your friend's deposits if they're going to you know stay with you too and then and then do it yeah so you just got to get out there and do it but I I am a big believer in this you know putting in a dream board making something that you want even write down an address or a street that you want to have a place on write it on a board write down exactly what you want you know, and then work your way to get there. You can't just visualize it and it happens, but you certainly can, if you have a target and you put it up on the board and you just work towards that, then, you know, that's that's certainly achievable.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got, I've got a buddy who's 27. He's about to buy like a beachfront property because he, nice. he got um, kind of like a townhome. Mm-hmm. He bought a townhome, did the same thing, renovated it the price went sky high. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, it's a buyer's market right now. There's this place by the beach for X amount. He's like, I'm just gonna rent out this place. Yep. Maybe pull some equity out, buy this. And I mean.
0: I mean, you can do all this and then do home flipping on the side too. So you can have the ones that you wanna keep, then you have the ones that you are like, I'm just gonna flip this one. Also, you, you might just put it up to flip and then if you don't get the right price, you might be like, well, find out what I could rent it for. Yep. And then you just say, oh, I'll just keep that one up, do a little equity, yeah. second mortgage on it or refi and pull a little cash out. But, um,
1: and this is in addition to what you're already making. So, you know, you're paying less on rent, you have your main job, and then, uh, you know, just with the prices of the homes going up and then yep. you renovate it, so it's like putting steroids, you know, it's like not yeah. going to the gym, working out, not taking any supplements, you'll, you'll grow, right? but if you go to the gym and you say, all right, I'm going to take my protein at this time, I'm going to do this yep. at this time, you're just going to.
0: And it's all about just educating and awareness and knowing right that you can do that like yeah. if you didn't know that you could do that then you would just cruise along and be fine just like most people when they're just you know getting rent and they're they're happy with you know paying rent and and living in a cool house right but if you <laughs> if you don't really care that much about the first place that you get as far as like being you know the cool guy with the cool girl with a cool house like just go just live in a place right like live in a live in a house that you can collect some rent you know, and, and get a good location. And then that's where you start. And you could do, I mean, there's programs like zero down, but I mean, most people can't really find or qualify for those, but there's a lot with five, three and a half percent with FHA, 5% down. Um, we have those products 5% down, but the bank statement one is 10. So you might have to save a little bit more if you are self-employed and don't have, you know, a WT job. Mm-hmm. Where you can qualify for FHA or, or Fannie Freddie, you know.
1: Yeah. An FHA, you get a bunch of co-borrowers too, right?
0: Yeah. You could. <laughs> you
1: know, if you want to go in with a bunch of friends, but
0: you, you could. want them paying the mortgage, not yeah. a part of the mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But even if it's like a family member or something.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, no, my buddy does that exact same thing and he right now he's pulling out like hundred and fifty
1: out of it or something from the time he bought. Nice. And as all his, his buddies renting it and they're gonna stay there and then he's
0: gonna go get the next place. I mean, think about how hard it is to save hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Very hard. But if you did this and you you know, you bought, you put in. It's, it's called leverage. It's like, you know, you can't rip out this, you know, crazy nail out of a out of a wood, but if you have a hammer with leverage, you, any like my kid could do it, you know? It's like So leverage is the same way, Mm -hmm. you know, by, by using leverage, you can create wealth. And that's what I think people don't understand. So if you don't understand leverage, Google it, read about it as far as financial leverage, you know, and use a mortgage to be able to get yourself appreciate because your appreciation is off of the, the total home value, mm-hmm. right? So you're able to put like, say three, 5% down, you get the appreciation on the total home value, even though you're using a mortgage for the majority of that. Yeah. You don't money. need to be putting down as much when it comes yeah. to appreciation like that. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I always <laughs> thought about it. I pay 1100 a month for rent. Yeah. I am right by the beach and in a killer spot. Yeah, so you pay, you pay, say, let's say you pay 1200 a month, you have two roommates paying 700 a month, mm-hmm. what is that? You know, do that math. That's what, $2,600? Yeah, that, right? that's more than doable, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. That could pay a mortgage, you know, depending on... Location. Yeah, or the rate that you get, and mm-hmm. so... Which FHA is pretty low and doable. Mm-hmm. I would think for something just like that. Yeah, they're not 200 grand anymore. But. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not here in San Diego. That was uh, that was a steal. Yeah, I ended up selling that place for 476 or 490 or something like that. Crazy. So I that's awesome. I made a ton of money on that house. Luckily, and and I'd lived there for a couple years, so it was. It, I think I was able to not have to pay the capital gains. Cause back, I think the laws were different then, but anyway, it's, it's certainly doable. And I mean, I think it, I think if you want it, it's not like you're going to be able to then with your millionaire status, be able to like, you know, have tons of cash laying around like the rock stars do. But, um, you, at least you could call yourself a millionaire, yep. you know, on equity. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously if you put away your stuff, your other money in 401ks and IRAs, that's always good too, to, to save for retirement, but don't stick it under your mattress or don't put it in the bank. It's not going to do anything for you there.